0: Okay, so I'm here with Jim Weaver. And Jim is the uh, director of the upcoming West Coast Black Theatre Troop production of UB. All right, and in addition, what is your title at West Coast?
1: My title is Artistic Associate, and I'm also the director of Education.
0: Many hats, multiple hats. So I only ask one question, and it is, since every single one of your titles has the word director in it, I'm assuming that a large part of the way you identify yourself is as a director. Is that accurate?
1: I would say that's accurate, yes.
0: (laughs) That probably means that you were also an actor. Was that accurate?
1: Yes, that's going back to my roots. I, I, Kind of thinking, uh, think of being a director as a natural evolution in the process, starting off when I was uh, a very young teenager with. Oh, act- hold on,
0: hold on. That's my first question, actually. You've,
1: you've
0: <laughs> anticipated me. My first question is, can you remember, and clearly you can, where it started? What was the first uh, hint that you might want to perform or tell stories or be seen or?
1: Actually, I always kind of knew from the time I was very young and a little bit of a story. It may stem from the fact that when I was about five or six years old, my mother took us to the Apollo Theater and she knew someone who was the stage manager. So we were able to go backstage and I met James Brown. We went into his dressing room. He sat me on his lap. And and just, you know, talking to us and seeing the lights and the ropes and all of that. I don't know if that somehow planted a seed at that age, but from the time I was probably 10 or 11 years old, I wanted to go into acting. So I finally worked up the nerve to ask them if I could start taking acting classes. Mm. And of course, as typical parents would, you know, as long as you keep up with your schoolwork, and you don't fall behind on your grades, all of that kind of stuff. They were like, okay, sure. You know, my mom, my mother is an artist, a fine painter. So anything creative, I think, you know, she always encouraged in us as we were growing. And so they found a place that I could go to the New York Academy of Dramatic Arts. And they happened to have classes for younger performers, teenagers on the weekends. So I was able to go Friday, Saturday, and Sunday and take classes and stuff. So that's where it started and just got bitten by the bug. And it's like, yep, this is what I want to do.
0: <laughs> okay, so you know, you said like, like normal parents or regular parents, uh, I don't think it's actually so common. Um, not all parents want their young boys to be actors or even to be interested in acting. You know, I mean, I just think it's a kudos to your parents that they were open to who you wanted to be, what you wanted
1: to do. Yeah, I don't know if they thought that this is a phase or if it's something I really wanted to do, but that um, I wanted to at least experience. That was one thing that they were always very open to, exposing us to things they would um, actually, once I expressed that interest, then all of a sudden my mom started taking me and I have um, three sisters. She started taking us to off-Broadway shows, Broadway shows, and getting us tickets. You know, and I just think it was a chance for us to explore different things. So I think that's what she was more encouraging of. And then it dawned on her, I guess, at some point, and my father, that I wasn't getting it was (laughs) not paid. I really wanted Nick, and I got an agent.
0: (laughs) How old were you when you got an agent?
1: I was about. 14.
0: Oh, my goodness. Well, you aren't kidding.
1: No, I actually, knock on wood, wound up booking professional jobs, voiceover work, some modeling stuff and other um, acting stuff when I was, you know, 14, 15 and actually wound up doing my first Broadway show while I was still in high school.
0: <laughs> what, what was it?
1: It was a dramatic piece called Don't Call Back. And Arlene Francis wow. was the lead star of that production.
0: Wow! Well, so you hit the ground running. I mean, there was you were you were in career uh, the, from the get-go, right? So, did you just stay? You you continued to? Did you go to a conservatory? Did you st- did you study in college? Did you? What did you do?
1: Um. That acting experience, that those classes eventually led to me taking classes at other institutions, um, some workshops, acting workshops where you get to like improvise things and experience different kinds of theater. And then um, now this was very late in the process, but by the time I was 17, 18, I kind of got pulled into taking dance classes because everybody that I was working with in acting classes, they were telling me, well, if you take dance, it helps with your sense of freedom of movement on stage as an actor. And I thank whatever was looking out for me at the time that I did start taking those classes because it expanded what I could do and it enabled me to start growing into and, and experiencing and being eligible to audition for other kinds of shows besides just acting and that's what kept me working if i wasn't doing a straight play then i was doing a musical you know and then that eventually led into choreographing and being dance captain for shows and that eventually led into my directing
0: wow um, well um it's it's the ideal career <laughs> i mean this is what everyone. I did everything. That's wonderful. Um, Okay. You know, you said uh, sort of serendipitously, people said you should study um, dance. But again, you jumped at it. You said, okay, other people might not have. They might have said, well, I got what I got and I'm not interested. But you didn't.
1: That, I think that just comes down to maybe uh, a curiosity thing or a personality thing. Uh, my mindset is that even at this age, you never stop learning. You never stop exploring. You, I always want to grow. And it, well, yeah, it was kind of serendipitous. And I was like, okay, sure, why not?
0: You're saying it as though everybody does this and everybody has this, but everybody doesn't. You know, I mean, I believe you that it is natural to you because this is who you are, but everybody isn't so good for you and good for the universe for putting that in your path. Right. Um, Yeah. So you didn't say that you did any more advanced studying. You didn't go to college and get a or you did.
1: Well, I I did actually. um, What I was doing at the time, I called myself having a backup career. I um, was going to the High School of Art and Design and I was actually majoring because I wanted to have at least just at that stage in case this didn't work out something else to fall back on. And so I majored in photography and um, actually got accepted at the Fashion Institute of Technology in Manhattan and was taking classes. But the thing that I found at the time a little bit frustrating was that You had to present a portfolio. You had to show them that you knew all the basics to be accepted. And then once I got in and started um, the semesters, I I got to a semester and a half. um, They were making me start from point A all over again. And I really found that a little stifling. And it really kind of made me mad. (laughs) Start me from ground zero all over again so i kind of bit the bullet and decided at that point okay i'm going to take a leave of absence i'm going to really give this um theater career full-time focus and see what happens and luckily i was booking jobs i continued to work i got to travel and all that kind of stuff but i did eventually go back to school i went to kent state university and got my mfa and that know this is after many years of of performing and and doing all kinds of different things and even directing, you know, but then I decided, okay, I wanted my academic credentials to match my practical experience, basically. And so I went back to school, got my MFA, and then started teaching at Kent State University.
0: Okay, so. How did your relationship with uh, West
1: Coast get started? I met Nate Jacobs probably, I believe it was like 2005, 2006. And we met through a mutual friend. I was actually cast in a show at Florida Studio Theater. And so another member of the cast introduced us. And we just kind of clicked, very friendly. We would get together every once in a while, just have conversation, meet for lunch or things like that. And eventually, it kind of led around to us talking about how he was starting this company, the West Coast Black Theater Troupe, and that in the conversation, I just happened to mention that I was a director and choreographer in addition to a performer. And then one day, interestingly, I was on my way after a show back to the housing, and Nate was in his car heading the opposite direction. We stopped to say hi. And he just asked out of the blue if I would be interested in directing a production of Fences that he had coming up for the season. And the dates were so, again, serendipitous. The dates were so perfect. It was just after I finished the job I was doing, two days in between, and then the rehearsals would start. <laughs> and you couldn't get more perfect than that, you know? So it just dovetailed. And that was my first experience working with him. And then over the years, I would come back because I was still living in Manhattan. I would come back, do shows for them and keep in touch, you know, with the progress, whatever I could help do. And so that's where it all began. And then several productions later, uh, an MFA and a teaching gig at Kent State University put things into place for me to come and do this position.
0: It's a lovely story. Okay. So why don't you tell us about UB? So we can encourage people to buy tickets.
1: Oh, okay. Well, it's a it's a review show basically celebrating the comp- compositions, the music of Yubi Blake. And he worked with um, Noble Sissel quite a bit in terms of the music and lyrics. They were a team. And it covers from his earliest writings, like in the 1910s, 1912 era, up through vaudeville and then into the 40s, early 50s at the latest. So it it expands, you know, it covers a a big swath of his material. But um, with it being a review kind of show, there is no story or plot per se. It goes from song to song to song. And then within those songs, we try to um, create the story to support the lyrics. That covers all of his music. We got some jazz in there. We've got rag. There's blues, and, and just fun kind of novelty kind of songs as well.
0: How many, How big a cast?
1: 11 altogether.
0: And did you choreograph as well?
1: Yeah. Yes, I did. In this particular instance, I'm the director and choreographer, but I'm also working with Donald Friesen,
0: yeah. who
1: is, works with West Coast quite a bit. And we've been talking for the last couple of years, just trying to figure out something, some project that we could do together. And I thought this would be the the best opportunity because now that I'm here permanently and he's the resident choreographer for the company.
0: Got it, got it, okay. So is there anything you wanna say about the show or the cast?
1: As I said, it's 11 people, six women, five men. And it's a combination of people that I have worked with before and then people that I'm working with for the first time. Ah. And it was a very interesting process because of all that's going on with COVID and everything. Auditioning now has become a matter of submitting them videotapes, recording themselves. So I would request that they sing something in the style of the music for the show. And then I would watch whatever they submitted. And so that's how I wound up, um, casting the show.
0: Wow.
1: So again, it's great, you know, working with people that, you know, but then when you have new people coming in, it's kind of like keeping your fingers crossed, but also being very excited to experience new talent. And again, I think that each one of them in the way the show was structured, there were group numbers, but then there's individual solos. And so they have been just amazing to work with because their enthusiasm is very infectious. They're all going home and doing their homework. Um, They're excited to be there. So they work well together as a group, but then they are able to stand on their own individually as well. So it's a great, great cast, I think.
0: And that makes it so much fun, doesn't it?
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah the whole experience because then you feel you can throw things at them or you can really fine tune things and it doesn't throw them because they get it they understand it's like oh okay i i see what this is about okay yeah you give them the foundation and then they just bloom from there
0: um (laughs) all right okay good so um are you directing anything else this season Or are you just going to do your other jobs after
1: this? Um, For the main stage, this is the only production I'm directing this season. But um, we also have for the educational aspect of the company. We're putting together, we call it Jazz Links, and then there's a a young um, entertainers program. So there are things going on with that as well that I'm writing scripts for and will be directing those productions. And ironically, usually those go into the school system so that we're able to expose the um, 9th through through 12th grade age group to um, just some interesting information. Like last season, it was the Harlem Renaissance. Mm. And then this coming season, it's going to be uh, information about the Civil Rights Movement. And we incorporate songs, and, and different you know, bits of information and to go along with what they're studying. So that's what I'm gonna be focusing on after UB opens. It's,
0: um, it's the perfect job for you. <laughs>
1: it kind of, honestly, it feels like after all the time knowing Nate and coming and doing different productions with him, it was, yeah, it was almost perfect. Cause it felt like coming home having been in Sarasota so many different times, knowing the people at the company and the working relationship, it just all just felt so natural. Yeah.
0: So you moved here, of course.
1: Yes, I did, yeah.
0: <laughs> so how long ago was that?
1: That was the beginning of August. so it was just, just before I actually started the position. And so we'd been exchanging information and things like that before I got here, but it was just before I started the job.
0: Well, welcome. Thank you. (laughs) You're you're welcome. (laughs) All right. So um, I only have one other question, and it's it's philosophical. Um, Uh-oh. Oh, oh, no, you're you're perfectly capable to handle philosophy. Um, (laughs) You may not have anything to say about this, but do you think about this career that you've chosen and really dedicated your entire life to and say what it's like to have given your life to this career of make-believe?
1: Oh, uh, <laughs> wow. Um, First off, I would have to say that I've been very fortunate and I appreciate everything that you've said, you know, as I've been kind of revealing things about my history but having been able to actually make a living at this, I do not take for granted because there are so many situations where people try to do it. And then because of circumstances, they're not able to for whatever reason. So feeling very fortunate about that. Um, if this had not been my experience, I've always thought that as long as I was doing something creative, because with the photography, I also um, paint, you know, I would have been okay. I would have been happy as long as I felt it was something creative. But having been able to actually spend my life doing this, I'm very grateful. I've had the chance to work with some amazing people at different stages, you know, and the folks that I met, I don't know if it's because of the time that I came along that there was still a lot of the um, really great um, directors and there was access to classes. Some I paid for, some were provided for free, things like that. And I don't think that that's so much available now, but just very blessed, very fortunate. And for me, if I were to tell anyone else, and it's easy to say when you've had a different experience, but as long as you follow what's ringing true to you inside, then you'll be happy. And if you really, really feel, and any job, any any career is gonna have its ups and downs and can be difficult. But if it's something you really want to do, don't let anybody else stop you, and 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 follow follow that instinct. It's there for a reason. Um, Whatever that might be, if something is telling you to do this, then listen.
0: Yeah, I I I love that. Um, I will say that I think that having the parents you had. Not everybody has parents who gives them the idea that what they want to do matters, and that they should follow them themselves. And um, I always want to put in a plug for parents who say yes to their children, and um, and they create children who are able to do what you did, to believe what you believe, to follow to do what you said which i believe is absolutely the truth just not everybody has internal permission to do it
1: yeah i get that i get it and and i agree with you 100 because they very easily could have said no 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 and started trying to steer me in a different direction so yes i have to give them credit for that
0: (laughs) and uh luckily for us they said yes and we've had you doing this (laughs) (laughs) it's very lovely and um i will um, oh i i did want to ask what is west coast doing about the pandemic do people have to wear masks Do they have to prove they were vaccinated are they still doing uh you know social distancing or what
1: yes i would say all of the above there's um actually eight or nine of the larger theater companies in the area, they've all kind of banded together and come up with a very um, consistent policy. And what they're doing is they're requesting people to either come with verification that they've been vaccinated or come with a test within the last 72 hours, depending on what kind of test they had, um, verifying that they're negative But in addition to that, they're requiring all audience members be masked and they are limiting the number of people in attendance so that it's socially distanced. It's about half capacity versus full capacity.
0: And I'll be there, so I'll see you on opening
1: night. Oh, good, so then I'll actually get to meet you face-to-face. That's wonderful. (laughs)
0: Yes, right, right, thank you. Well, so to
1: speak, (laughs) (laughs) mask-to-mask. Oh, that's
0: great. you won't know me.
1: I recognize those
0: eyes. (laughs) Lovely. I'm looking forward to it. All right. Thank you so much, Jim Weaver.
1: Oh, thank you. It was a pleasure.